This is the Merrickville Catch-Up Podcast. Make sure you never miss a thing. Download the Merrickville Catch-Up from the Triple M app. Where am I? Welcome to... Merrickville. Welcome to Monday, Sydney. Welcome back, Lawrence Mooney. It's very nice to be here, Mez. Uh, where's Liam? Is he on psychological leave because he's been yes. so severely bullied? Oh, something. We've got a note today saying, I'm From going, yeah, I'm going, dear Merrick, Liam's staying at home today. He feels as though he's bullied by you and Lawrence in the workplace. And you know mm. what I said? I sent back a note saying, really? Well, I'll come around and do it at his house then. Mm. Just saying that on here is actually bullying. I'm not joking. We didn't say that at all. We love him. He's fine. He's just a little bit cross. He's fine. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's not. Do you know what? He might have foot, hand, and mouth disease. Oh, is that some kind of baby child born? No, it's it's something you get from being too intimate with a cow. (laughs) Right. I don't know. The cash cow? Liam having an affair with the cash cow. <laughs> what a way for his missus to find out on air. This is disgraceful. Um, speaking of which, Lois, he's a... He's we love a, you, Liam. We do love Liam. We're going to have a bit of an update in this hour about two girls, one coffee cup. Remember that? Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have an update today, Lois. Are we going to speak to those girls? <laughs> well, they should send a video in of their, of their okay, business. Okay, thank you. Just before 6 o'clock tonight, Ben Elton, the comedy legend, will be dropping by the studios. Really? Yeah, I've interviewed him before, Lost, but I've never actually met him, so it's going to be a real what moment. What a legend. Me. Yeah. Uh, author of uh, The Young Ones, and, as well as a whole lot of novels. About and 30 uh, books, yeah. It's got a brand new movie, an Australian movie. It's very funny. It's really good. So that's we'll have a chat to him a bit later on. But, Lost, the first thing is uh, always try to start with a good Sydney story, and this is mm. a cracker. Saturday night at Mascot, just a quiet Saturday and uh, there's a plane backing out of the airport mm. there, and it uh, reversed into a catering truck. <laughs> what's what's the punchline? What do you get if a plane reverses into a catering truck? Oh, I tell you what, you get a suspension, mm. and you yeah. get an audit, and you get some sort of investigation. So, uh, I mean, you know, it's uh, not easy to back a plane. They're big. No, they're big. They are big, and it's very easy. To, it's hard to see out the rearview mirror because, so you know, You've got to say to all the passengers, come on, everyone just sit down. Sit down. Sit down. I'm Put just backing down. this up. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, here's a, and I don't want to be Captain Technology, but I am going to point out the freaking obvious here. Mm. Where are the review mirrors on the plane? Where are they? Exactly. The side mirror. Where's the side mirror there? Yeah. I mean, it, you see them open up the little window there and they take a clipboard through the window. I don't know why the person doesn't just go through the door. But anyway, they take a little one through the window there. <laughs> yeah. You can't just have a mirror. What? Just one mirror, mate. Just one. Just on the driver's side. Why do they have to take the clipboard through, through the, the window? Why does it have to go through the window? I don't know. Here's an and idea. also, go through the can't door. you just touch parking at an airport? You touch the catering truck. Should be all right. It should be okay. I mean, it's not going to. It's not going to compromise this uh, aerodynamic piece of engineering. No. It's a catering truck. No. The flight was reversing from its gate at seven thirty p.m. when it collided with a low-speed truck. At low speed with the truck. Um, now, we've got some audio of the passengers on board this flight, Loz. Mm. We've brought to a halt. There's uh, no cause of concern at the moment. We're just waiting to see if there was uh, any damage done to the aircraft. <laughs> yeah, yeah just we'll, a bit. Uh, but we should be right to At this stage, go back to the, uh, the terminal. Oh, yeah. and, uh, our four travel plans will be worked out from there. In the meantime, if you could just remain in your seats, please, and we'll get back to you with any further information as it comes to hand. Okay. Oh. Who's the fault there, Loz? Let's name names. Is it the catering guys or is it the pilot? I reckon it's the catering guy. I think... Uh, 100%. You know, do you know 100%. what? 
with your turkey and cranberry roll. Uh, or No, they're actually serving a Boston bun with pink icing at the moment. Well, there you go. Delicious. Mm. Uh, can't that wait? No, emergency no. delivery. No. I've got slop in a box here yeah. and uh, a couple of pies yeah. that are hotter than the surface of the sun. So yeah. they've got to... Troy's just gone, oh, you know what? Those planes, they move slow. I've got heaps of time. No, you haven't. Mm. Bang! <laughs> Makes us feel makes us feel much better. You know who it makes feel heaps better uh, hearing about this is my wife Georgie, who's currently listening. oh yeah that uh, backed into the garage door. That's right. We, last week I didn't know she was a captain of uh, like a, a, a at Qantas. No, no, she's not. She's not at all. all right. No, but what she did is she managed to reverse it into our house, like damage our own car mm. on our own house, and then today took it to the place where she bought the car and said, "I think there's something wrong with the reverse sensors because oh. I accidentally drove into my own house." And they said, "Guess what? No, they're absolutely." Fully functional, which means that you heard the beep, 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 and then still mm. decided to drive the car that your husband bought you into your own home. So we're talking about the accident at Mascot on Saturday night, so you can just further flog Georgie on it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it at home, Lawrence. No. I can't do it at home. It makes You've got to do it in the sauce. safety oh, I had a blow of the Triple M Studios, where she hasn't got a pass to get in and just assault you. No, uh, no, no. The no. thing that really upsets me about this whole thing is that um, – Calling it a truck, a catering truck, does suggest that there's food on there. And uh, if you've eaten on a Qantas plane recently, that's that's not catering. <laughs> I like how we're now getting down to the food selections as opposed to the fact that a plane ran over a truck at the airport, and that is a big no-no there. I want to open up the phones, though, Lars. one triple three five three. What did you reverse into? Now, Ooh. a friend of mine, Jeff. No tragedies. No, no, no. No, no, no. A friend of mine, Jeff, he went to go and pick up his dad from the airport. And his old man was a very, very high-flying executive. I won't say what he did, but he worked for one of the major car companies. And one of the major cars that he was driving was a $220,000 Jaguar, an XKR. Anyway, Jeff had to go and pick up his dad from the airport in the XKR and then got his dad, said, okay, off we go. And he thought he was in drive, but he was in oh. reverse. And he reversed dad's car into another car. And when I say another car, I mean he backed it into a catering truck. Because that's what he did. <laughs> now, when I say... Maybe Jeff got demoted and that's what he's doing now. That's what happened. It was Jeff. When Jeff I say Bowser. no tragedies, um, a friend of ours... Uh, I, I suppose could remain nameless, but I'll say Damien Callanan. You, you know Damien. Yeah. We're in a duo together. His dad reversed over his mum. That's the truth. <laughs> she they couldn't get start the car, and she got out the car and, and said, "Listen, why don't I have a go?" And while when she was around the back, started it up, and he he killed her. What? Are yeah. you serious? Yes. Don't bring that on here. That's not what I'm am I laughing for? <laughs> They're both dead now, so maybe it's you know past the statute of limitations. But <laughs> Lawrence, if somebody called in with that story, we would have put it away. And then you sucked me into I, it. Like and it. I said no tragedies, no, and then I just but no I couldn't tra- stop. I can't. I can't help it because whenever you, there's a reversing story comes up, because he fully just went right over the top of her. <laughs> Made me laugh, and there was a tragedy at the end of it. It's, but you know, it's good to be able to laugh, and it's no, sad, no. but it's no, <laughs> no. Oh. Is this where Liam was meant to tell me about the whole dump button thing? Yes. Yeah, right. God, <laughs> I suppose using real names is not great either, is it? No, it's not.
like, it's not good at all. <laughs> I made those names up anyway. Technically, she was in charge of catering, but that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, she was carrying a basket of pies, so. one triple three five three. Let's have no sad stories. Let's have funny ones, you know, like when you've, when you've reversed over your own jet ski. That's what I wanted. Oh, not, yeah. When you've okay. reversed over your own wife and killed her. <laughs> No, I don't. It's not. It's not. They're horrible stories. What's wrong with me? I don't know. Can we get the, uh, can we get the staff counsellor to give me a call? Oh. <laughs> Liam! <laughs> Saturday night, a Qantas plane crashed, backed into a catering truck whilst it was on the apron. And ironically, that's what the catering staff are wearing. And <laughs> hey. hello. And uh, here's a simple thing that could have fixed that. Some uh, maybe I don't know some rearview mirrors on the plane, or perhaps even I don't know when the plane's backing out. Just mm. simple. Get some audio in there, guys. I mean, if they got them on trucks, put them on bloody planes. I mean, you know, you get, if, if a train, if a plane smashes into a catering truck, it's like. It's, it's flaps and buns, isn't it? That's, you know, there's the aeronautical meeting the, the, the catering. Okay, you're, you're on one strike. <laughs> Liam, Liam's not here. I have to play police officer. I don't like it. It's not my natural role. But, but really, that's exactly what happens. Yellow card. Let's take some calls. <laughs> what have you reversed into? Joe in Gladesville. Hello, mate. Oh, what's going on, you lunatics? Oh, I don't know, Joe. I really don't know. All right, you've reversed into something? Yeah, uh, well, work side, so side of the road doing some major work, uh, work with an excavator and backed up over a power pole that was uh, in my blind spot. Oh, so you took knocked a power. it over. Yeah, so there's a reason why they have rubber feet now on, on major excavation uh, stuff on the side of the road. Because if it, I didn't have electric, if I didn't have rubber feet on the on the on the belts, I would have been fried because the wires came down and hit the steel cage. Oh, oh, jeez, Joe! So if it had been steel tracks, you mean you would have just been earth and see yeah. you later? Yeah, pretty much. They reckon I would have just cooked in the box. Oh, oh, Joe, super glad you didn't get cooked in the box because we've already had one horrific story from Lawrence <laughs> Mooney today that was the, one of the most difficult things I've had to. Try and navigate on here before. Well, that's what they do in the catering truck. Cook it in the box, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what happens in the catering truck. In more ways than one. Hey, Amy in Rose Bay, hello. Hi, boys. How you doing? Oh, oh. good, Amy. I'm a big fan. Almost oh. reversed into two, into two bins while I was listening to you guys laughing. Oh, thank you, Amy. That's a lovely thing to say. But you didn't actually that's back that. into anything, though, did you? No, no, no. Sorry to disappoint you, but I've got a younger brother, Kev, if you're listening. Um, when we were younger, he used to make fun of me on my L's. I never reversed into anything, but we'd moved in new neighbours, trying to make friends. He reversed into their car one week. They got it repaired, got it back, and then he reversed into it again. Oh, sweet. <laughs> two, in, two in two weeks. As soon as the damage was was fixed, he did it again. Mm. He did it again. So, oh. and we didn't move. They were that nice that they let us stay in the neighbourhood. So, Are you, oh. shout out to Lorraine. <laughs> big shout out to Lorraine with a name like Lorraine. She's no doubt listening to the show. This would be her yeah. show of choice. Good on you, Lorraine. Good on you. Well done. What great sport. Thank you, Amy. Lovely to have you call in. Uh, Daryl in Quakers Hill. Hello, mate. How you going? Oh, good. What did you back into? A similar sort of thing as, as that last caller. Um, I actually backed into my mate's um, 
Tirana that he'd spent many months doing up. Oh, and, you criminal! <laughs> and it was actually it was just before a uh, it was a Christmas party. It was just before Christmas, and he was showing this at Summer Nats, you know, in the January, oh! the following January. <laughs> but here's the thing: I had a um, a Holden Nova, you know, a rebadged Corolla, and my car crumpled in. His car got a slight scratch in it, which he buffed out in a day. You know why? Do you know why, Daryl? Yeah. Because the Tirana is made out of steel, and your car was made out of shame. I know. <laughs> but the funny thing was, then um, we we got my car fixed, and then that guy's girlfriend had moved up to um, the Central Coast to go to university up at Arimba, and we had a uh, party at the at the place where she was staying at and um, we were just two streets away and my ex-girlfriend was driving on her old place and someone came in and smashed the back of the same car. Oh, oh the Tirana. Smashed her no, back. No, my in. car. My oh, car. Well, so it gives me your car, Daryl. My car repaired and it got smashed again. Mate, you're also holding over. We gave up on that like five minutes ago. We were worried oh, about no. the Tirana. Mm. But the Tirana... No, Mate, the Tirana I think, Daryl, you're, no, you're missing the part of the tragedy in this story. The tragedy mm. is the Tirana getting hurt, not your shitbox holding over. The Tirana came top five in that year, in that year's summer nap. Right. Oh, well, that's good news then. So yeah. what you're trying to say is you went to a party and a lot of people got smashed in the rear. <laughs> is that another strike? <laughs> Liam! <laughs> Liam! Tim and Kirka, I like... Hey boys, how are we? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't you can't, know be, you can't be the responsible one on I this show. Like I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm driving without a okay. license. I'm going to stop doing a double entendres. Not Tim. even double. Yeah, boys. Um, my okay. mother had a bit of a senior moment. She uh, came rocketing down the driveway in reverse and took out the motorbike that I was restoring in the garage. Oh. Put it into drive, shot up the driveway and hit the tree up near the gutter. Oh. Put it back into reverse, shot back down the driveway and hit the house. Rode the car <laughs> off in the front yard. <laughs> this what? is why you have car, motorbike and home insurance all in one. Because, yeah, it's because of your later, mum. Six months later, different car, shoots down the driveway, takes out the front fence and another tree. Go oh. away, written off again. <laughs> Is she a drinker? Oh, uh, not anymore. Did <laughs> you not? She's, after she's, she's barred s- from the from the driveway now, she's got to park out in the street. She's someone else's problem. <laughs> she's still letting she's still her driving. drive. <laughs> Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Mark Boris. Every single day in Australia, people are busting their guts in starting and running their own businesses. It's a big deal. 60% of Australians are hired by small to medium-sized business owners. These guys are doing their bit, buying stock, hiring people and paying their taxes. So what is it like to start your own business? How do you go from just running a business on the side after work to owning something much bigger? How do you make it your future? Join me on The Mentor a weekly show on Podcast One where I speak to Aussie business owners who are working through just that. I find out what makes them tick. I help them work out their next steps for their growth and for their future. The Mentor with Mark Burris. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. Do you like to go home and see all the lights on, Mez? Or are you a, you a power saver? 
or are you an environmental nightmare? Ah, no, no, no. I'm very, very, very aware of power consumption in the environment. Absolutely. Mm. Unfortunately, every other member of my household wants to see this earth burn to the ground. Well, because my dad was always like walking through the house, switching lights off. Yep. If they're not in a room, turn the light off. I like to see the house lit up like a Christmas tree. I love it. You know makes who, me feel happy. You know who likes I go around you? and just, what's that? You know who likes you? Energy Australia, AGL. Mm. They love AGL love like me. You. They send me love letters, but also it's um, it's because I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go into a, I don't want to go into a dark part of the house because I don't want to be killed by a psychopath, uh, and the lights keeps them away. But uh, Malcolm Turnbull has been offering incentives. Uh, You Mm. may have heard that he was offering movie tickets if you leave your air conditioner off. Uh, So let's find out what's happening in Mal's voicemail. Hello, it's the Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull speaking, and I want to encourage all Australians to switch off and conserve vital energy this summer. And yes, we are offering incentives through your power supplier and retailer. Movie tickets, for example, and why not? The cinema is air-conditioned and the toilets are well-maintained. Go and use their facilities. It's a terrific idea to save vital energy so the people in Point Piper can use the pool filter, the 750-litre double-doored ice-making refrigerator and, of course, to keep our indoor cinemas icy cold. Tell me your ideas to save energy and leave a message. Hello, Malcolm. It's Rudy here, the stereotypical Dutchman from Medicville. Mother and I have installed an organic methane-capturing septic toilet system so we can power our home off our own waste materials. Unfortunately, last year it backfired and covered our daughter Chloe in uh, in feces, and now she lives in New York and won't return our calls. I've also made a prototype of a love-making windmill. I attach the crankshaft to my butt when I'm making love, and I can produce 240 kilowatt hours in a 10-minute burst. It's Rudy. Oh, hi, Mr. Turnbulls. It's Jackie Louie speaking, Mr. Turnbulls. Through my experiences locked in the woodshed, I've embraced complete darkness as a form of meditation and power saving. Seriously, Mr. Turnbulls, I could go right off the grid. I would live on roadkill, washing a river, fried naked in the bush, covered in mud and leaves. If you ever want to get off the grid with me, I'm happy to show you how. And that, come on, you can see the real Tassie, Mr. Turnbulls. That's Jackie. Turnbull, it's Lazarus. What do you want about Turnbull, you oyster-shucking, bubbly-sucking, electric-bucking, issue-ducking, nip-and-tucking shell of a man? Jeez, I got through that without saying <laughs> Bugger! It's Lazarus! <laughs> Hello, Malcolm. It's Christopher Pine speaking. Malcolm, it's easy to conserve energy. You gobble up all the power you need in the off-peak period. So when it's off-peak, gobble, 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 gobble. Gobble it, gobble it. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> Take as much as you need. Gobble it, gobble it. Gobble, 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 gobble. <laughs> and when it's peak period, take it easy. <laughs> gobble. Oh, God. It's Pino. Laws, <laughs> last week you and I were having a conversation about a new business that started up in Sydney, and mm. we had a little bit of fun with it because we thought it was... Are we done with Joy Division? Thank it's you. It's still going. They just came back there. Um, hey, had... Curtis, come on, man. Wind it up. <laughs> I think you did. Um, I think you did. Ooh, you wound it too <laughs> tight. Too tight. Uh, so we were having a bit of fun about this small business that were found in uh, Sydney and Chatswood. What's the name of the business? It's a coffee shop called um, Two Girls, One Coffee Cup. Right. And we had a bit of a chat about this last week because we thought it was very, very amusing. 
We've found a new shop here in Sydney. There's a oh. new cafe in Chatswood. Yeah. And somebody who listens to Merrickville has made us aware of it. Thank you. They've even taken a photo. And the name of the coffee shop, Lawrence, is... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Two girls, one coffee cup. <laughs> so, obviously... Now, be warned, you've got three now, strikes. There's two, there's two women running the business. And they're referring to... Is that the name of a movie or a song or... Two girls... Or, or an yep. internet sensation, who knows? Yeah, yeah well, anyway, mm. uh, after talking about it on air, May, who's one of the owners, sent us a video to Merrickville FM oh, on our really? Facebook page. Yeah. Okay, so this is the, the video that they sent us at the end of last week. Listen, Merrick, I don't know what you were insinuating on your radio show last Thursday, but Two Girls, One Coffee Cup is a family cafe. The two girls are me and my grandma. Picture here. She taught me how to make coffee, and it was her dream for me to have this shop. So whatever you're insinuating, please just stop it. This is Chapswood. On another note, we would love for you to come down and try our new summer special, our iced double pump mocha, also known as the classic DP mocha. I just love my morning DP. <laughs> hey, Merrick, me and the girls are enjoying our daily DP. Come join us. I love my DP in the morning. I love my DP. <laughs> We recommend the DP. Okay. Now, here's, here's the funny mm. thing is. So, why is it called the DP Mocha? Well, here's the thing. I, I didn't know what DP meant. No, you no, did I not. No, I did not. Did I, Maddie? No, really? Didn't. No, I had to ask Maddie. I said, what does it mean? And then oh. he just looked at me like, oh my God, you really are married to children age 44. Yeah. I had no idea. So, DP. So, why do they, they call it a DP Mocha? I, I just missed I that. I don't Something. know. I don't know. I don't know. But they've invited me to go down and try one. Apparently, you it's, should. It's, you should definitely try one because it sounds delicious. And if she, if they start the day with a DP, then you should because it is Chatswood after all. Oh my lord! What? What else have they got? Well, DP, it's double, so two of you might need to go down. All ah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's very good, Whitey. You have just come in from the side here. <laughs> Filling in for Liam Flanagan, and we like your style too. You know what? You're back tomorrow. Flanners is gone. Mm. <laughs> Lawrence Mooney, I will see you again on Thursday for an update. On Thursday, indeed. Uh, for another um, update on where we're at with two girls, one coffee cup, and the DP, which I won't repeat. Get some DP in the morning and get started. All right, Uru. We'll see ya. Look out! Rats! Rats are attacking Sydney in plague proportions. You might have seen today, either on Facey or you might have seen it uh, on news.com. Uh, .au, there is a family in Alexandria that have fished out a rat and fed income. This thing is massive. It is the size of a small family car, a Hyundai gets. And I'm not exaggerating when I was, I am exaggerating a fair bit, but it's as big as a possum. Filthy looking mongrel of a thing. It's uh, It does look like a possum. It does look like yeah. a possum. Oh my God. These people have killed a possum. You bastards. That's a ringtail possum. That thing was just going... Oh, I no, just no, wanted no, to eat a piece of fruit. It's definitely a rat. It's definitely yeah, a rat. It's officially, it's officially been called. It's a rat. officially been called a rat. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Matt. Thank you for the clarification there. Because otherwise, if they've just offed somebody's pet, <laughs> there's <laughs> that is not a good day. We know in Sydney you can get some filthy sized rats here. We've got some buttes, and in my time, I've uh, in my old place when I used to live in Leichhardt, there was an avocado tree out the back, and uh, you might have seen it on Burke's backyard. 
Okay, no response there. Um, and it was f- being fed, or what was feeding itself, on avocados, like like some sort of dirty hipster, just just climbing the tree, just eating avocados, not ever thinking about owning its own home, just eating avocados. And we got these rats that were fed income the size of a much larger rat than it should have been. Oh. I'm not. I'm not kidding. When I'm not even exaggerating when I say that. Oh. The size of a rat, but bigger than a rat. That's how big they were. I know you're blown away just hearing that. Yeah. But independent councillor for the city of Sydney, so therefore not Clovermore, Angela Vithoukas, is wanting to set up a task force, a Sydney rat task force, to look into this epidemic of rats that we've got in our fair city. And she joins me on the line now. Angela, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, but you're both mistaken. What? Uh-oh. Oh, my God. It was a, it's a dog they've killed? It's a hybrid. What? It's a brand new species that, is, that has evolved in the city of Sydney, it is well fed. It's been in hiding till we started digging up the roads and building all this new construction, and it's come out and it's moving to the birds. Okay, hang on a second, Angela. Are you talking about Lord Mayor Clovermore, or are you talking about this rat? I... No, no. When I say rat task force, mm. I mean pest kind, not political pest kind. Right. Okay. I mean rodent pest kind. What, what is this? What is this hybrid rat you're talking about? It's a hybrid between a rat and what? Another rat? And it looks like a possum, I know, because I've come face-to-face with them. They tend to stand up on their hind legs a little bit. They look very threatening, and they do look like they're thinking about whether you might be their next meal. Okay, so is this, it, when you say it's a hybrid, is it a, a crossbreed between a local water rat and another type of rat from somewhere else? Or what, where is it, yes, what's it, its origins? It's, it's definitely crossed over the border from somewhere else. I'm, I'm going to say that it could be from... Um, from the banana bender world. Right, okay. Uh, they've come down here. They've been hanging out with our lot and, you know, a bit and of Romeo messy. and Juliet, and this yep. is what they got. And now we can put a saddle on them. I'm going to suggest at council we add another path. You know, we've got roads, cars, bike paths, and yep. now we need a rat path. Oh, look, absolutely. I mean, they've got to have their own thoroughfare. So you reckon this is a result? Because I spoke to somebody last week, Angela, who uh, suggested he was a, a snake catcher, and he suggested that there's a, a breakout of snakes at the moment in Sydney, in all areas of the city, uh, as a result of the construction of the tunnels and uh, right. the links. We're, we're disturbing the nests of yep. those who were here before. The ecology, us. yep. And um, they're, they're not happy. So they've looked around. They said, look, the city's too dense yep. for us. It's a bit noisy. Yep. We're going to move to the suburbs and have some, you know, park and open space. Mm. And if you guys don't like it, well, bad luck. You can always go west. All right. So you want a task force. What does that mean? Have you, are we talking about, like, you know, cops in uniforms here? Are we talking about, you know, just getting some bogans with some traps getting well, out there? Well, there needs to be some patrols. I think mm. some of these hybrids need to have ID to prove where they're from so we can take mm. them back wherever it is they came from. Mm. If they don't belong here, definitely. But we, what we need on a serious note, we need more than one full-time rat catcher to deal with this problem. And at the moment, that's all we've got in the city. Really? We've got one rat tra- one, one rat catcher? One full-time rat catcher, and What's, he's pretty busy. I bet he's. What's his name? Oh, no, we can't say that. That's not nice. Why not? No, no, we, we, we can't reveal those called, kind of names. We're, we're he he has to work undercover. Do you want to be known as the only rat catcher in the city of Sydney? Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. He's, no, he, he's very much like a right. Jason Bourne identity thing happening. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't understand why he wants to hide his identity. It's just like the snake catchers don't worry well, about it. Well, everyone would ring him. Everyone would ring him. No one's going to put him on, you know, sunrise tomorrow to show off his skills. Yeah, okay. 
All right, fair call. Uh, now, you, I believe that you want to smart start a new uh, political party called the Small Business Party or something yes. of the Small Business small, Party. Small Business Matters. Yes, I yes. am. That, and that's a, that's on a serious note. It's not to catch no. Uh, no, 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 no. the rat task force. It's to give small business a voice in in hopefully New South Wales and then federally. Okay, so how do you feel then, if you if uh, the voice for small businesses, how do you feel about all those small businesses that are currently being crushed by the fact that the roadworks on George Street in the city is prohibiting them from making an income and the crushing rents are forcing people who are just trying to get ahead in life or even just to, you know, float uh, are being forced out of their jobs and their vocations. It's, it's disgraceful what's been going on for the last two years. I mean, I've got a business on George Street and I've been in the middle of construction zone for two years trying to convince state government to do something about it. Uh, they've recently, thanks, I'm going to say that thanks to the hard fight I and other members of the community have put up, state government has offered a rent relief package, but for so many businesses, it's too little too late. They've already closed. Mm. Others are mortgaged to the hilt. They, they don't even know how they're going to feed their families. It's, it's one of, going to be one of the most tragic tsunamis small businesses ever faced in the city of Sydney. Mm. So you have a small business on George Street now. Angela. I have a cafe. Okay. Uh, you're very quick to say that because you know I was going to say Thai massage parlour. Uh, I didn't know you were going to say that, actually. No, I, I, I knew I was going to say that. You but, didn't know I was going to say that. That's, that's how the joke I works. clarified that. Yeah, no, I was only kidding. Angela Fulkus, thank you very much. And the best of luck as independent councillor uh, for City of Sydney. Uh, I like to say that you're sticking out for the two most important things, which is small businesses in the city and massive rats. Small business, massive rats. Thanks, guys. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. From Melbourne's Mean Streets. You could say this was the murder we missed. A story you'll have to hear to believe. He said he was a 200-year-old vampire. Why was Shane Chantra's abbot gunned down before giving evidence? Two men shot him down. It's a mystery within a mystery within a mystery. Listen now to this untold true crime story from Adam Shand. The Trials of the Vampire at podcast1.com.au or download the app. I want to take some calls now. We've done this before and it was a lot of fun because it was a bit random and got a lot more calls than I ever expected, which is where have you found a rat? Massive rats are turning up in Sydney. Uh, and I was just speaking to Angela Fathulkas who would like to see a Sydney rat task force put in place, which that really means is just one more person other than Glenn, who's currently the only person doing it. Because uh, they're seeing rats, literally the size of possums or small cats, turning up in Sydney as a result mainly of roadworks. So where have you seen a rat, Sydney? one triple three five three is the number to call if you've seen one, because they will get into any bloody space they can. Now, we had a guy that we're going to... Uh, oh, got, actually, I've got a call right now. It's already come through. Yeah, Greg. Yeah, Greg. Hello, Greg. How are you, mate? G'day, Merrick. How are you, mate? Very good indeed. Where have you found a rat? Matey, we were up at the Tamworth Country Music Festival about 10 years ago and we'd come back from a, uh, a night out and when we got into the house, we spotted this giant, what we thought, a cat or what have you, on the curtain rail and it, we thought, well, okay, we'll catch this and one bloke got a broom and I had got the bin and thought, yep, you knock it in, I'll catch it mm. and it hit the bottom of the bin and it bounced out like a freaking jack-in-the-box <laughs> Yeah. Catch me sister and um, me my fiance around the house for a bit. I chased it and just put my foot on it, and I've got a size ten boot, and it was bigger than my boot. Gee whiz! And the funny and thing, I I could see the head and the bum from underneath my boot. Wow! 
well, you've had a few cans too, Greg. So I'm, I'm kind of pleased to see that you have confirmed it was a rat because it could have just been a small child. It could have been anything. And in Tamworth, oh, well. it's like it didn't get shot. Thanks for your call, oh, Greg. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Let's get to Nathan in the Blue Mountains. Hello, mate. Hey, Mez, how are you? Yeah, very good, mate. All right, where have you seen a rat? Well, Mez, it was uh, a big night out in the city. I was behind the Menzies Hotel. And if you know, heading to the northern beaches, you can only catch basically the last bus sort of heading to the northern beaches if you want to go back home. Right. So I was heading back, and just before we were heading, sitting on the bus in the little park there, uh, there were about, I'd say, about 60 rats that you're talking wow. about. At least, and a couple of them were eating spew, eating spew off a homeless guy's chest. It was awesome. <laughs> what a bunch of grubs. Did, were, you, were you more frightened or more kind of... No, no, no. no me, and the, me and the boys were just laughing. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> Eating a spew off a homeless guy. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> when you say awesome, you mean revolting. Did you think about taking a picture of, of that event? Oh, this was sort of probably about 16, 17 years ago. Pre-mobile. Sort of, yeah, pre-mobile yeah, phones. We don't, didn't really have phones. It was sort of like the, the point and click sort of. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's hard to catch them with a, a Nokia 32010 or whatever. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. So. Nathan, that's outstanding because your use of spew on a homeless man was much a surprise. I'm not going to lie. Thank you for your call, mate. We've got Jason in Kiriwe. Hello, Jace. Hey, mate. How you going? All right, good. Where have you, <laughs> where have you seen a rat? Mate, I'm a Sparky, and I worked at a 7-Eleven uh, a few years ago now, and I was changing um, a fluoro up in the ceiling, and I lifted the ceiling tile out next to it, and a rat bloody landed on my chest oh. and scared the crap out of me. I fell backwards off my ladder and almost knocked myself out. Okay, Jase, you said you're an electrician. Are you sure you're not a homeless man and you had a bit of spew on your chest? <laughs> no, no. I they... don't know any Jason either. <laughs> they, they, they seem to like it, Jase. And so you, you fell back on your, you fell on your back? Yeah, yeah, flat on my back. And then, and then what did the rat do? Did the rat just scamper <laughs> off? Yeah, bolted into the, uh, a corner, and the plumber that was working near me, but he uh, chased after it with his multi-grips and picked up by the tail and just <laughs> <put> it outside. <laughs> with the multi-grips? as they're prescribed, multi-grips. Yeah, as they're prescribed not for use. They're, that's great. Yeah. Thank you, Jace. That's awesome. Wow, I can't believe we've got so many calls for where have you seen a rat. Yeah. This is ridiculous and also a bit sad. Harley and Penrith, hello. Yeah. Hey, mate. How you doing, all right? Yeah, been going good. All right, where have you seen a rat? Uh, there was actually one at my work a couple months ago. Yeah. And um, pretty much what we did is we um, like we had to clean out some, some area in, in the shop. And uh, pretty much we lifted up the box. And there's um, there's probably at least like 70-odd rats oh. in this one corner. <laughs> and um, yeah, we had to try and get rid of them. That was sort of interesting in a way. But how do you, um, how do you get rid of them, Harley? Do you like make a, a trail of you know to lead them out? You know, like the Pied Piper. Do you just spew a little bit and in patches until they follow it out into a homeless person? Then just then you just do a runner. No, we actually grabbed the mop and actually started to sort of push them out with the mop. Oh wow! When you're having to broom away the rats, there's too many rats. <laughs> Ben Elton is a comedian, a writer, director, and he's also put together a brand new Aussie film called Three Summers. It's a camping holiday, but with folk music. What's not to love?
It's a great little festival. It's too safe. They book dinosaur pub rock bands. I am a 26-year-old folk chick, lucky enough to get paid for it. I'm not going to pretend that pub rock is my scene. It is not pub rock. It's folk rock. Folk rock is pub rock. The punters love it. Punters loved Hitler. Wow. This is Queenie <laughs> wishing you all a folking good night. It's a joke. Please don't write in. It's a great-looking film, and it is going to do very, very well in Australian cinemas. And the the uh, director and the writer of the film, That's Ben Elton, me. joins me in the studio now. Mate, it's an absolute pleasure to have you in here. Well, what a pleasure to be here, and thanks for playing a little clip there. We heard Magda Zubanski yep. uh, as, uh, as the kind of queen bee of the little festival where the film is set, and... Uh, and Rebecca Breeds and, and uh, Rob Sheehan, the great Irish actor. Some of your some of your listeners might know The Misfits, that British sitcom. Yep. He was really cool in that. So lovely to hear it. It worked quite well on radio, I thought. Wait till you see the visuals. Well, that's the thing. I'm not <laughs> going to lie. You can tell by a trailer whether or not a film's going to be great or if it's going to be an absolute turd. Mm-hmm. Your film's going to be great. Well, and thank you very f- much. Huge you certainly... relief for me, Ben. Well, you know, would it, would, what, have, what would we have done with this interview if you said <laughs> your film's going to be an absolute turd? Which is, you know, I mean... But uh, I guess I could have taken, I could have, re- you ride with the Knox, but I am very proud of it. And it's, uh, you know, just the cast alone. I mean, obviously, the, I hope the audience will be interested, you know, see Michael Kate and John yep. Waters, Deb Mailman, you know, Jackie, uh, Magda Zabanski. But for me, the fact that they all wanted to do it was the big, big thing, because here's me writing a bunch of Australian stories, and the fact they were prepared to do them, you know, gave me a lot of confidence in the script. We'll get to what the story's about in just a second, Ben, but how did you, um, did you have a hand in casting it? Did you go out personally to these people? I mean, your, well, your name carries enough weight that you could ask any of those people, and of course they're going to well, say yes. Well, no, that's not the case. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to look at it, definitely. Of course I, I, I cast it. I, I directed the movie, and at, and at the level I'm at, you know, the director's pretty much in charge, because there's no, like, huge you know, Hollywood money that yep. takes the, you know, it's a matter of trust, you know, it's a small movie. And yes, yeah, so I cast it with a wonderful casting direction and, and obviously with advice from the producers. But yeah, I mean, for the the big the big names that, that we got, it's an offer, you know, you're not going to ask them to read for it. You send Michael Caton a script, look, you, I want you to play this slightly challenged Morris dancer, yep. uh, you know, and he says, yeah, I'll read it because it's me, you know. But anyway, they all agreed to do it. Nobody said it was wonderful. With Rob and Rebecca, that was a question of doing reads with them. And, yep. you know, I just found two beautiful leads who, both of them, it's their first, you know, proper leading role in a movie. And uh, I think it's going to be really breakout for them. People are loving them. Okay. For obviously, people haven't seen it yet. What is the movie about, Three Summers? Well, it's set at a rural, uh, sort of tiny, quirky little rural folk festival, a music festival. It's based on something in Binjara, the region of WA near Fremantle, about 100k from Fremantle, where I live. And I've been going there for years with my family. And, you know, the funny thing about a festival is you get all types of people there. You know, you get left, right, you know, every sexuality, every gender. You you know, because everyone likes music. So it's a big mix-up, and we're all equal in the queue for the Portaloos. And I thought, you know, what a great place to tell a whole bunch of Aussie stories. You know, whole weird, you know, lots of quirky little tales, all revolving around this mm. central romance. And uh, it's a nice little structure, because basically the film is set over three festivals. Uh, that, that's that We see everyone at the festival. We meet them at the first one, then see how they're getting on to the second one, and then, of course, draw some conclusions at the third one. And it, it made for a great scale for me as a director. It meant that we could shoot in the same same place. We could bring everyone in for this one location, and so it meant we could shoot this quite big story, a uh, bunch of stories, yep. over 25 days, and we've got a real 
you know, I think we've got something that's really seeming to go down very well with audiences. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're a very prolific creator. You've made uh, several films and you've got so many books to your name as well. Yeah. Do you, do you, ben, do you just kind of kick back once you've finished something and wait for another story to hit you? Or do you go out kind of searching for it and trying to develop something? I, do, I think I've got a fairly restless sort of imagination. I mean, I don't work all the time. People are, you know, people are sometimes, oh, you're a workaholic. Or, absolutely not. You know, I definitely know how to hang out. I, I do a lot of, you know, with the family. I do a lot of the cooking, you know, I love mm. to do all that and I love to have a drink in the evening with my mates and, you know, so I don't I don't work obsessively, but I do have this ongoing, you know, kind of bubbling need to kind of write and create yeah. and so, yeah, things just drop into my head and certainly three summers, just literally, I was I was sat with Emma Thompson, believe it or not, she was visiting here and her family were visiting us in, in WA for a little family holiday because she's an old friend and we went to the festival together, that caused a, yeah. a, a stir in a queue for the kebabs, I can tell you. Um <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was sat there saying, wouldn't this be a great place to set a comedy? You know, because everybody's different. You know, between each tent, there's God knows what seething inside those canvas little little triangles, you know. So, yeah, ideas occur to me and I, I, I pursue them. It's a very strange story. Three summers and a lot of stuff, you know, Stark, of course, is a strange story. You've, you've, you are, are you now identifying or do you identify yourself as an Australian storyteller now? Oh, very definitely. I mean, I am Australian and I live in Australia. I'm also British, so I could be Prime Minister because I believe dual citizenship is actually required now to run for office. Uh, but uh, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm an Australian. I live in, been living in Fremantle now for about nine years. I mean, on and off for thirty years. But we've been fully here with the kids in school. I mean, thirty years ago, you mentioned Stark. When I first met my wife, and my life took this incredibly unexpected turn, whereby I suddenly, you know, I suddenly was becoming Australian because I'd fallen in love with this Australian girl. Um, I wrote Stark, and that was. Very very much a pom looking in. I was mm. living in Fremantle. Mm. I was with this Australian girl and, and I was looking at Australia as an Englishman. But now, 30 years later, I definitely feel I'm writing this, these, these festival stories as an Australian, as a, part of the, as a part of the community. I'm sitting on the inside looking out now. A question in two parts. First one, Ben, do you, do you now feel as though your humour has been affected by Australian humour? Well, I, I think I've been affected by some of the great Australian comic muses. I, I don't I think people are very similar. Of course there are cultural differences, but actually humour is universal. I always say that, you know, if you if I was a stand-up, I'd do a routine about standing in a queue at the post office. And if there's another queue, everyone's looking at the other queue thinking mm. it's moving faster, I've chosen the wrong queue. I I, <laughs> I use that as an example. You could do that you know, in Toronto or Tehran, and they would definitely be the same reactions. But certainly being in Australia, I've been influenced by a lot of great comic my my friend, the late, great John Clark, mm. you know, I, I worked with him on Stark 30 years ago and we've been friends ever since and it was a terror, terrible loss. Mm. And, I, and I speak for Aussie comedy, uh, you know, when I'm abroad in, in Britain, when people talk about The Office, which was a b- groundbreaking, brilliant work by Ricky Gervais. But I say, you know, you should have seen Frontline because Frontline was doing that excruciating comedy of deep naturalistic observation and, and naffness, dagginess long before, you know, I'm not, you know, casting stones either way, but I yeah, think yeah. a lot of the Red Dog work, you know, uh, Working with Magda and Michael DeCastle. Yep. It's my favourite comedy film, certainly, you know, and, and that includes the British ones. Because the second part of that question is is because I think, it, you know, you've been uh, a huge influence in Australian comedy. There's no mm. doubt about it, you know, particularly people of my generation, my patina. You, you would, you can't help but be influenced in some manner. Mm. So therefore, if you, it's staying mm. with me, Ben, if you have influenced Australian comedy as much as you have, which you have, 
and then you're influenced by Australian comedy. You're therefore influenced by yourself. Oh, my goodness. Literally, what I am the... up my own arsehole. How can it's you believe amazing. that? That's extraordinary. I think it's a brilliant concept, and I feel slightly <laughs> Einsteinstinian about it. I mean, the it's world's inception. imploding on me. I mean, I, I, yes, it is. It's inception. It's comedy or, inception. It's it levels, Ben. That's it, what it, I'm What is it? Is it the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind? I just don't know who I am. But, uh, <laughs> I, well, I think, you know... I. Certainly the young ones was quite influential in and, and Blackadder in the day. But in the long run, there's nothing new in comedy. It's there's only the funny all good comedy is entirely original, but it's also, I think, fairly timeless. The young ones wasn't as groundbreaking as people think. If you look at looking at Australian, look at Auntie Jack, you know, go go back to the sort of Pythoness work that was going on, on the on the ABC yep. in the sixties and seventies. You know, look at Norman Gunston, you know, with his absolute fourth wall breaking. He was the yep. first person to do that kind of utter dag exploding into a serious world thing. You know, lots and lots of great comedy happened before us and there'll be lots and lots of great comedy afterwards. But I, 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 I've always loved to be involved in it. And yeah, if I've had a little influence, then I'm very pleased. Just very quickly, I'm being told and given the wind up because mm. we're nattering on, but we're just going to put a pause on that for a second. <laughs> I want to know, how would you go, Ben, if you had to go back now and write a part two or, you know, another series of episodes for either Blackadder or for The Young Ones? Well, I never think about it. I mean, I've got, with Blackadder, I've kind of got something a bit similar. I've got a new sitcom in, in on the BBC, and it's a hit. My first television hit this century. So I'm quite <laughs> pleased about that. And it's about Shakespeare. stars the great British comedian uh, David Mitchell, who you might know from Peep Show, and he's on QI a lot and all of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a slightly adderish approach to William Shakespeare, and it's been quite a hit. Uh, so I kind of have that thing still going on, although, and I'm great friends with Rowan and Richard Curtis, but, you know, Blackadder did its thing. They went over the top, you know, in Blackadder Goes Mm -hmm. forth and it was such a special moment that I I don't think any of us are minded to try and mess with it and as for the young ones well the truth is my my dear dear friend Rick left so much earlier than anyone ever imagined and scarcely a day goes by when I don't think of Rick Uh, I I first came to Triple M with Rick Mail in 1986 we arrived here we were stand-up comedians that was virtually the day I met my wife big stuff so Triple M in a way is a kind of you know godfather of our relationship so you're kind of saying that you owe pretty much everything everything to Triple Triple M M. it used to be called the Rock Force in those days so Oh, we're, still, we're still rocking with the yeah, force. There's a, lot, never, there's a lot of rock going on, Ben. Going, sure. It's the lock force. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so great days. But I don't think the young ones could ever be revived, you know, it, because Rick's gone. And to do it for a new generation, well, there's lots of great kids. Got, I mean, I love the in-betweeners. It's not the young ones. It's a different take on a different mm. generation, you know. Well, you've got a brand new film out, uh, November 2. It's uh, it's on. You can see the trailer online. Uh, go and find it. It's called Three Summers. It is going to be an absolute smash hit, mate. It's always been... A pleasure to speak to you over the telephone, but to meet you in person, a real honour. Very, very nice to be here, and, and thanks for talking about the movie, because I'd love it if people come and support Australian cinema. You'll yeah. have a laugh. If you don't, you're unpatriotic, and I'll dob you into a hotline. Exactly. That's a threat. I'm loving that, Merrick. Love it. That was the Merrickville Catch-Up Podcast. Make sure you never miss a thing. Download the Merrickville Catch-Up from the Triple M app.